Welcome to the Grant and Tyler podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Grant. We're back at it again. We're back here for round two. Or three. I didn't hear no bell. No bell. How, how many rounds can you go? I don't know. We'll, we'll see as the journey continues. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, last week uh, we talked about submitting our lives to God. Are we going to choose God's way or are we going to do what is right in our own eyes? So uh, we talked about remembering our own identity in Christ. Um, We encouraged you to invest in someone behind you and finding someone ahead of you to mentor you, which as we kind of talked about it between podcasts, we thought like, some people really want a mentor and it just isn't in their life. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been there where it's like, I want someone to invest in me and there's just this void. And it's like, what do you do with that void? And, you know, for a while for me, it was podcasts, learning to grow, like finding something, anything. Uh, I listened to a lot of sermons, Tim Keller and Craig Groeschel, all those people. But then like, there's still that lack of relationship within that. Like you're still growing, mm-hmm. but the lack, the accountability piece isn't there as much. So um, my hope for you is that you're intentional about finding someone ahead of you. And that can even be uh, as simple as like, Hey, you want to go grab coffee sometime on me? Um, or, you know, just picking their brain because it's like, hey, I see your walk with Christ and it's inspiring and I want that in my life. Yeah, I think so So many times I see people my age or, or younger and I'm 25 for those at home. But uh, He's taking me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just they, people my age right now are really, pursuing relationships like i see that a lot if people aren't already married like they're they're looking for it and like some of them like it's a huge priority sometimes it can even become i think an idol in their lives yeah um of them pursuing these things but i find it interesting that like they're gonna go they're on dating sites you know like they see a girl somewhere and that they find attractive and they're like well i'm gonna i'm gonna go like ask her out or, or talk to Try her to look smooth and yeah look like an idiot or you know hopefully they see someone at church that catches their eyes um but they they just pursue this because it's something that's important to them but i don't always see that when it comes to a mentor i, I feel like so many people when they're like well i want i want a mentor but like it's like they're expecting it to like fall and just happen yeah into their lives and it's like sometimes you know a, a mentor that you want to be following or, or you know learning from is going to be doing things and they're going to be busy um but you taking that step to say like hey i respect your walk and like i would love to learn more from you like would you be able to like meet sometime and like meet sometime regularly or different things like that like are you taking time to pursue and, and find that um because i know like in my life, that hasn't always been a priority. And I, I think looking back, it should. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that. And honestly, most of those people are willing to meet up with you and invest in you because we all want to make a difference in our lives. Yeah, we all want We all get to the point where it's like, did I make a difference? Mm-hmm. And we want to we want to. And so I think as long as you are willing, able and want to grow someone will see that and want to invest in you as long as you're reaching out yeah and sometimes it doesn't happen you know sometimes people aren't able to make time but you know the same goes to as dating as well there's plenty of fish in the sea yeah the only <laughs> thing move is on. <laughs> yeah the only thing is there isn't like find a mentor website you know yeah there needs to be uh a tender for mentors tinder mentor 
Men- Menders. Mender. We'll figure it out. That's a that's a million dollars. <laughs> that's a gold idea. mine. Right <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was kind of just a quick thought on last week. Uh, I just want to really encourage you to find that person ahead of you um, to to invest in you. It's it's important for your own spiritual journey. Um, but this week, as we move forward, we really want to talk about the Holy Spirit and the character of God. And in order to talk about the Holy Spirit, we're going to we're going to kind of talk about who God is and from the beginning a little bit. Um, you know, obviously God created the world, all that stuff. And then a little bit about sacrifices in the Old Testament. What are some sacrifices? What will happen with that? Uh, you got you got different types of sacrifices. You yeah. got some some sin offerings, mm-hmm. some some grain offerings. Yeah. Different, yeah, different sacrifices for different things. Intentional sins, unintentional sins. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we saw there's like tons of laws and rules surrounding that, right? Like, yeah. Um, and this is like, again, a 30-second view of what that is. Um, and people, people would bring those sacrifices, like you said, intentional sins, unintentional sins, trying to make themselves right with God because of these sacrifices. And mm-hmm. um, there is a ton you can learn about that. If, even if you just look up the Bible Project, they have a cool video on Old Testament sacrifices and stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the big things like to look at it, and this is an oversimplification, so I, like – I think it's important to to read scripture for yourself and, and look over those things. Um, but the simple concept is that like our sin that entered into the world causes death and destruction. And when we sin, like there has to be a price that's paid for that. And when the Israelites would give these offerings or different things, like they would have to come to terms with the fact that something had to die in their place. And oftentimes it was, I mean, there was blood, there was, I mean, an animal was dying and they had to be reminded that when I sin, when I mess up, like something has to die for me to live, for me to live. Yeah. So I think that was an important reminder to live and not, and and to be in right relationship with God. Yeah. And over time, you know, I think at first that was going all right. People took it very seriously. And over time, their sacrifices became meaningless. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Um, I think, you know, over just like anything, just like us going to church on Sundays or, you know, going to a small group or, you know, the younger youth group or different things, serving in the worship band, like all of those are, are great things. But like if our heart isn't in it, if we aren't actually looking to serve God and and die to ourselves. Um, like we talked about last week, serving God rather than serving our own desires, then like those tasks become meaningless. Things that were meant to be a way to grow closer to God. And very meaningful. Yeah. Become meaningless when our heart's not in it. Well that's kinda of, I mean we mentioned um I don't I forget was it two episodes like was episode zero where we mentioned um, lukewarm. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure when we mentioned it, but, but we did mention it. Yeah. It's like it's like being lukewarm, where it's half-hearted. Yeah, they follow they followed the Lord, but half-heartedly. Yeah, it's like oh well, as the heart of the people became all jacked up, and started and, to do what is right in their own eyes. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's a it's an aspect of what Jesus talks about of serving two masters is when we get caught up in doing some of those tasks. It's like, well, I go to church every Sunday or I, I serve in this way or I do a, lead a small group or different becomes things. self-righteousness. And yeah. You want to be like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Or it becomes like you are looking forward to the praise of people to say, oh, wow, like yeah, you really a- know the Bible or yeah. you, you have such a heart for serving. Yeah. And it Thank becomes you. the praise of people rather than, actually doing those things to grow closer to God. Which can happen really easily. Yeah. I mean, even if, even in my own life, I can see seasons where I was motivated poorly mm-hmm. and you catch yourself or someone else, you know, calls you out. 
Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are the harder ones. Mm-hmm. They're like crap, you're right. <laughs> and sharpen you and, and point you back to like what it's really about and submitting your life to God. And who mm-hmm. cares what they say or think yeah. as long as you're actually following God. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, so after um, sacrifices became meaningless, um, we see that something had to happen. Something had to give. Yeah. Um, eventually, um, God was, he sent his prophets to call the people out on, like, listen, you guys are going through with some of these practices. You're giving sacrifices or, or doing um, certain religious things that I've asked you to do, but you're not truly following me. Yeah, You're not following me with your heart and not even your whole heart. Like some of the Israelites might have been giving sacrifices to God, but they also might have been giving sacrifices to, to Baal, Baal. Or, or something else. And so they were their, their hearts were split. They weren't fully trusting in God with everything they had. And so he started to send these prophets to say, hey, like if you keep going down this path, it's going to lead to dis- destruction, and God had a lot of patience and a, a lot, lot of, of patience, a lot of mercy. But eventually, it got to this point where God's like, "I've told you so many times, and yet you still haven't listened to me." Like, this is the final straw. Like, like any good parent, you can't just let your kids keep going on and doing something that's damaging and harmful to who they are. Right, and so. Um, a lot of it in Jeremiah is he's telling the people like, "Hey, you're gonna, you're gonna be in exile. Like Babylon is gonna come in, and they're gonna wreck you. Yeah, <laughs> and you um, should surrender, and you should um, face that that punishment and face what's going on. And while this, while he's preaching this message, there's a spiritual revival going on in Israel. Um, King Josiah has found the law of Moses. He's bringing the people back to God. And it's this amazing time in Israel where these people are like, what is this guy talking about? Like, yeah, we're coming back to God. Like God's full of mercy. He's full of grace. Like there's no way, like God is only going to want the best for us. He's going to bless us. Like, thank you like for this. And, and Jeremiah is left with like, did I get the wrong message? Did I, Am I speaking like all these other prophets are saying that only blessings are going to come? And God reminds Jeremiah and he's like, no, uh, actually, they are speaking falsely in my name. And I am not going to relent. Israel needs to learn their lesson. Um, and those prophets are going to be destroyed for speaking wrongly in my name. And I think it's a convicting passage to me as a minister um, because it's it's really warning of like this, this message that I think sometimes happens within church culture today is where we preach only about the love and the mercy of God and not about like, sometimes God does punish. Sometimes God does allow things to happen that teach us lessons. And it's not, it's not this like rainbows and sunshine all the time. And I think when we leave that message out, we do a disservice to others um, when they do go through those times is they're like, you told us about this, but now we're experiencing hurt and pain. And so um, that was a big change in what has happened. And I think as we go forward into the New Testament, many I don't feel like many times the church hangs on to this idea that, that God is fully grace, but yeah. he's fully truth. and He's a God of justice as well. Well, that's what's tough. I mean, you think about the big passage from Jeremiah that everyone quotes is, you know, 29-11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. You know, I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. And, I mean, that's super encouraging and super hard, but also the Babylonian army is about to come bring you know bring them into slavery right yeah and exile and it's like and not only a, a couple paragraphs before he's, he's still talking about israel is going to face destruction right and so in all of that like that's still a very like that god's purpose remains yeah. he, he is our hope he is our love he is 
all all of those things. But do we trust him when he brings justice? Mm-hmm. Because you know, I hear people talking about the Old Testament, how the Old Testament God is different than the New Testament God. And it's like, no, it's mm-hmm. like some of those things, like you said, he's very patient. And mm-hmm. it happened after generations of people not following him. Then who's to say those things were not the most loving thing he could have done? You don't know. Yeah. Like, because of just because it's justice, mm-hmm. that how I don't know that. Like, I trust that God knows that. Yeah. Yeah, one of my, I, I really like the the worship song "Reckless Love," yeah. and I know like people have issues with it sometimes, saying God's love is reckless, but that's a whole n- another thing. Yeah. But one of the lines I love is that like there's like there's no shadow you won't light up, no lie you won't tear down, no wall you won't kick down, and I, like looking at God, like He's not satisfied with you having a little sin in your life or being a little like imperfect like god wants you to be perfect like him god wants to make you perfect and so he's going to do everything in his power to to tear down those like that sin in your life sanctification yeah and so yeah i think looking at that like people forget that like sometimes that process is painful like if you're taking something an infection or something out of the body like it's not it's not going to be a pleasant experience yeah but it's necessary for the health absolutely i think i mean as we look at the new testament i mean that brings us to jesus Mm -hmm. who was sent as a sacrifice you know he is the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through him and it's like okay so then he became he becomes our ultimate sacrifice Mm -hmm. and our one way to God. Mm-hmm. And as we go to him, he says, you know, repent, be baptized, leave and sin no more, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of those things. And so we're like, oh man, sin no more. Like, I don't know how to do that. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't think that, I don't think that will ever not be sinful. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what he's saying. Do you think that's what he's saying? Um, no, I, I, I don't think. Like I, I think God asks us for that. Um, yeah. But no, I don't I don't think And you mentioned the be perfect as I am perfect yeah. passage. And mm-hmm. it's like those are amazing things to shoot for. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to submit your life to God daily and continually. And as we get into it, we'll talk about partnering with the Holy Spirit. You have to do that. Yeah. But there's still gonna be sin. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus knew that, and that's why he became the ultimate sacrifice, so we can, so he could stand in our, yeah, um, in our defense in front of God. So when those Old Testament sacrifices were happening, you know, the people's hearts weren't in it; they were still sinning. Um, there, there weren't enough lambs or or rams <laughs> out there, <laughs> yeah, uh, to to account for all that was going on, and so. Um, Jesus said, you know what, like, I'm going to be the sacrifice. And I don't mean that to say, like, that wasn't the plan from the beginning. But, yeah, yeah, I, I think the, God's ultimate plan was to redeem our relationship through the ultimate sacrifice. And when we say ultimate sacrifice, it's that Jesus lived a life completely innocent, completely innocent of anything, didn't sin lived that perfect life and yet he still suffered and died in our place making him the perfect sacrifice so we can so we can live he yeah. died so we can live mm-hmm. and um there's the acts one five through nine i want to read all of it i mean i want to talk about some of it mm-hmm. but i think all of it's important uh for john baptized with water but in a few days, this is right when Jesus is going to be ascending. He's saying, saying this. Uh, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel or to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the time or dates the father has set 
by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Crazy. Yeah. A lot going on. A lot going on here. So, go ahead. So what do you mean by baptized by the Spirit? Baptized by the Spirit. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that you're dunked and you die to yourself and live again. If you mm-hmm. think about what baptism is. Yeah. And so it's like dying to yourself and coming yeah. right with the not coming right with yeah, but coming up with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um and living in step with the Spirit. Yeah. And I think part of this, like, if you don't know what baptism is, like it's the act of like going into water, but like the, the reason we do like the it's dunking an outward expression of an inward decision. Yeah. But the like the death of going yeah. under the water. That, yeah, and that's then, a symbolization. Yeah, the burial of, of being there and then the resurrection of coming back out a new creation. And so um, it, it just is, like anything, I, I think the sacrifices of the Old Testament, if we're not doing it with a just uh, with our heart set on following God, yeah, um, then it's a meaningless act. Yeah, I, in the act, I think, do you think there's a lot of talk I mean, at least in the 90s and early 2000s, as I was growing up, it's like once saved, always saved. And it's like there's this whole movement of like, you you know, it's like you lose your salvation after you've been saved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think if you weren't, if you were to lose your salvation, you weren't saved to begin with, you know? Yeah. It's like it's about your heart. Yeah. So it's like you are always saved, but it's not, it's like about your heart posture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, yeah, I I agree. Um, why that's important is because it's like if you are going to get baptized, and like Grant said, like you are going to die to yourself and live anew. Like this is the new life that you're given, and you are offered to be to partner with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and then in Acts two, it's like the Holy Spirit comes on, you know, in, in mm-hmm. and like people are, you know, speaking in other languages and mm-hmm. it's like people think they're drunk and it's like Peter's like, bro, it's midday. Yeah. They're not drunk. <laughs> what are you talking about? And what is a five mean? o'clock somewhere was not playing. That was not a thing at that time. <laughs> <laughs> um but um but yeah, they they got to share the message of the gospel and all that were present heard it in their own language. Yeah. And that is the, one of the things that the Holy spirit does for us is like allows, empowers us to share the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And as long as we are in step and have our heart posture, Mm -hmm. you know, is following God. Like it gives us these words in times we don't need it. It gives us, it even says the Bible says we have gives us words in prayer when mm-hmm. we don't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's I there think, for us. Yeah, like even later in Acts, you'll see, like, in that same section, like the people are like, "Who are like who are these guys? Aren't they just like common tradespeople, fishermen, and you know, a tax collector or different things? Like these yeah. aren't these aren't guys who are trained in speech or even." Not even speech, but like Teaching. the law yeah. itself, like Moses and the the scrolls and scriptures. Like they, how are these common people speaking with such authority mm-hmm. in God's word? And they were amazed by it. Um, and I think that that speaks to the power of the Holy Spirit. That even the most common, simple people among us, like it doesn't it doesn't take uh, some doctorate degree to understand God's scripture. Like the the core message of the gospel, when we're embraced by the Holy Spirit, is an easy message to understand. It's it's simple, it's at at times hard to follow for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to follow. But it's not rocket science. No, it's a very simple concept. I think 
I think the Bible can be hard to read mm-hmm. at first. Like when when you first start reading the Bible mm-hmm. and you don't know where to start, or even if you do, even if you start in the New Testament, it can be at first it can be hard because like if you start in Matthew, there's this genealogy, and you're like, okay, what is this? Why does this matter? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it can be hard at first, but like the more you make it a habit, the more you read the Bible, the more you understand the more the Holy Spirit reveals things to you, you know? Yeah. And that's what happens. And over time, and and heck, I've read the Bible my whole adult life. And what happens is the Spirit tells you different things or highlights different things at different times as you're reading it. But if you're not ever reading it, you can't get those things out of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've read, um, you know, I've read the, the uh, the Lord's the Lord's Supper or not or the communion passage you know in yeah Matthew twenty the Last Supper yeah the Last Supper why did I just uh, <laughs> I don't know it's been a day um anyways I read that today and they sang hymns did you you know that they yeah. sang hymns mm-hmm. you know what hymns that they sang no um it was Psalms they sang they sang literal Psalms it was like one 12 to 118 mm-hmm. it's like it even points out they saying some of them before the bread or after the bread and then some of them after the cup mm-hmm. it's like that's pretty cool yeah. so when i learned that i went back and read those psalms mm-hmm. and it's all about um praising the lord and through you know through everything and it's like it just brings these layers of detail and meaning yeah and I think, yeah, when we have that Holy Spirit, like the disciples throughout Jesus's ministry on earth were like constantly getting things wrong. Yeah. And they were like, I mean, probably for like 90%, they still thought he was there to like raise up an army and overtake Rome. Yeah. And they were just like, Jesus, just give me the word, man. Like, I'll get this sword going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Peter, up until the point, like Jesus gets arrested, like he cuts off a soldier's ear because he's like, it's about to go down. Yeah. Um, and so like the disciples are like so wrong so many times in their interpretation of who Jesus is and who he's supposed to be. And it, it isn't until like the end that they say, it says they received the spirit and like their eyes were opened to the scriptures. Yeah. And they're like, and like when we're reading it, like we have this knowledge of like, we already know who Jesus somewhat is. Maybe if if you've grown up in the church a little bit and you know the story and you know, he's not a military leader yeah. and you kind of read this and you're like, what are these guys thinking? Yeah. But like, it wasn't that obvious until the, the spirit came upon them and, and they were like, oh yeah. And it finally clicked. And so I think like, we we can be doing so many things. I mean, the disciples were literally living with Jesus, eating, drinking, sleeping with him. Um, and they still were not understanding the mission until they received that Holy Spirit. I mean, the religious leaders, they knew the Old Testament law, like the back of their hand. You could start a verse in the Old Testament and start in the middle of a passage. And they would be able to, to finish your sentence. Yeah. That's how well they knew the scriptures. And yet most of them missed Jesus. Because they, I think they became focused. Well, one, they became, they thought they were expecting a military leader. Yeah. But two, I think they became so focused on laws mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and sometimes ways around laws. Yeah. And um, power. Yeah. Um, and I think they just, they miss him entirely because of that. Mm-hmm. So when our hearts aren't open to receive that spirit, it doesn't matter how much earthly wisdom we have. It doesn't matter like how smart we think we are. You are going to miss what scripture has for you if you're not embracing the Holy Spirit, which is such a key part to where we are now in the church. So. If you want to do what is right in the Lord's eyes, 
um, look at a few passages with us. Uh, Genesis 5, 25, it says, since we live by the Spirit. Galatians 5. Oh, what did I say? You said Genesis, I think. Why did I say Genesis? <laughs> I would, Galatians 5, 25, <laughs> since we live. <laughs> well, look up, look up Genesis 5, 25 just to right. see what that is because that's going to be funny. Uh, anyways, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit and so what that means is what we kind of been talking about is submitting our lives to god actually dying to ourselves and living in christ what is genesis 5 uh when methuselah had lived 187 years he fathered lamech boom (laughs) lamech that's what i was going for (laughs) if you want to know how If there you, you go. 100 and how, 105? 187. 187? Yeah. Where am, I this, where am I getting these numbers today? <laughs> I was all off. Um, yeah, Methuselah. <laughs> Growing up, my youth minister's cat was named Methuselah. Mm, did he I, live a long time? I don't, I don't know. He was alive when I left. <laughs> Probably still alive today. Probably still alive today. Um. Anyways, Galatians 5.25 was, uh, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then 1 Corinthians 6.17-20, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits is on, are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that our your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So keeping in step with the Spirit is treating your body as a temple mm-hmm. and knowing um, what you do with your body yeah. is important. Um, I, th- I think that... In our culture today, I think that's even, it's like there's so many different things that you can easily fall into. Yeah. In in public or even in private. Yeah. You know, it's like in public, I don't know, it's just crazy out there. (laughs) Yeah. And then just the way, just the way your search browsers are, it's like everything's accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, another way to follow god and being in step with the spirit is uh romans 8 6 the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace and so a big part of that is what are we putting in our heads yeah what are we watching are we you know scrolling through instagram all night facebook tiktok Mm -hmm. are we you know you know, not that those are bad. And not even like, I think sometimes the tendency is to automatically like our culture is about sex and different things like that. But like yeah. not even talking about like sexual content, but no, like just even mind waste or time, yeah. time wasters. Or even just looking at people and, and like coveting things like that's I don't think something that's talked about enough or or gossip. Gossip's like a huge issue in the church. That, huge. Like is not often called out like it's not okay have i asked you to pray for carol <laughs> oh the things that she is going through oh you would not believe it. i can't tell you but i'll just be i'll tell you <laughs> that's such a good example and yeah i just yeah are we are we taking care to to look out for so many things that can invade our minds and create anxiety or different things like that going on that we just don't, we don't need that. No, no. Well, and I think the Philippians passage, that um, it's like, think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, think about such things. And I think when we're scrolling through mindlessly for an hour or two or whatever, mm-hmm. we lose control of where we're putting our, our mind. Yeah. And there's so much more anxiety and chaos than there is and control and when you 
submit your life to God and the rhythms that God has for you, you can think about things that honor him. Think about things that um, are pure. You can think about things uh, that are noble. And, you know, you can you can find those things on TikTok. You can find those things on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot other better ways to spend your time just in conversation and in community. Yeah. Just a thought. No, yeah. I so many different ways in which like you know, it's not not always necessarily that we're doing something wrong, but like could we be resting? Could we be, you know, spending time investing in someone else? Like there's just yeah. Are we using the time and the gift of time that God has given us to serve his kingdom or our own back to last episode? Boom. Full circle. Uh second Peter one, twenty through twenty one. I mean this goes a lot this goes back to your Jeremiah passage and, and story you shared mm-hmm. um about prophets. So uh, and he wasn't the only prophet that shared hard things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What that tells me is that these prophets, these men of God, knew God so well, followed God well, that they were able to get these messages from from God mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit to tell the masses like, Hey, this really needs to change or this really needs to happen and mm-hmm. share that news. So people can have an opportunity to draw near to God. Yeah. So our practical thought and application for you guys, as you're listening, set up rhythms in your life that submits your heart to God that partners you with the spirit. And if you haven't, repent and be baptized. Yeah. <laughs> and sin no more and and really refrain from from sinning and and do your best to submit your life to Christ. Yeah. I think it's so important to to set up some type of rhythm. Um I know there've been times in my own life where I'm just like, well, like I'm just going to like I'm going to do it when I feel called by the spirit or yeah, something like crazy like that, wherever the wind blows. And it's just like, that's not what spiritual discipline looks like. Like you don't know. Does that mean it's going to be the same regiment for everyone? Like, no, but I think it is important to establish something regular and to understand like not every day are you going to f- wake up and just have amazing joy and hope towards the world. Right and want to like worship God in everything you do but there like sometimes like we have to push through that and we have to like I mean that's the whole aspect of discipline when you're working out like you don't always wake up every day and want to go for a run or want to lift weights but that's part of the discipline I think I mean it comes it boils down to making yourself do what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes discipline is making yourself not do what you want to do, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a double-edged sword there. Yeah. Um, but those things, like they help you like be in tune with the spirit. And like we were talking about, like if you sit down and you're praying, if you're meeting with a mentor regularly, who's fall like farther along, and their faith if if you're reading scripture like it's things are going to start to come alive to you yeah and like scripture is going to start like convicting you it's going to start opening up and you're going to learn new things about god you're going to have a greater appreciation and worship for the creator of the universe like it's just yeah you know i yeah i completely agree and i think there there is something to like big thing when I was growing up, maybe when you were growing up too, like finding those like teen devotionals or whatever. 
it's like a story and then a scripture. Mm-hmm. Not that those are bad. I think those are good. I think they're really well intended and um, can lead you to Christ. But I think to me, um, the more you read the Bible itself, yeah, uh, the better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think journaling is great and mm-hmm. journaling what you learn and um, journaling who God is and what what you notice about God mm-hmm. and his character as you go along is like the better picture we have of who God is. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, it says, the scripture says he never changes. He's the same today, tomorrow and forever. And so, yeah, we can, we can see that and trust that mm-hmm. when, you know, we know that he's loving, we know that he's graceful. We know that, you know, that he, he brings justice. We know all of these things about him. And so, in the situation we're in, we can go back to that proverb passage, and it's like, lean not on your own understanding, but trusting in the Lord. And so, the better you know the Lord through submitting your life to what God is doing through the Spirit, mm-hmm. the better you can live out your life for God. Yeah, what well, I heard a story once of like somebody I knew, and he had just graduated it from seminary. Me, right? No. <laughs> He had just graduated from seminary school, and uh, he was at like a bookstore or something. I, I think he was starting out becoming a minister, and he was just at this wall of of a Christian bookstore, all of these books, and he was overwhelmed. Like, oh man, I gotta, like, what book do I start with? I get, there's so many books that are good and I can read. Um, and he tells like how this old man kind of came up to him and saw him in that, and he just he i don't know if he had a confused look on his face or something but the old man came up and stood right by him and he said uh so many books but there's only one you really need and then he walked away and i, I thought that was such a cool story because it's a it's a reminder that like you know like christian books and, and different things like they're so valuable and great tools but like the most important book is the bible like if you're going to base your life around Christianity, like scripture is important, very important. And I, and I, you have to make that a priority. Cause I, I see sometimes so many Christians who, instead of reading Romans are going to read a book about Romans. And it, it, it sometimes doesn't make any sense to me. Cause I'm like, would you like, are you going to like watch a YouTube video of reviewing or critiquing a movie? Over the movie, yeah, over just watching the movie for you. Like, why would you want someone else's perspective or opinion before you watch the movie for yourself? Like, I think um, the one, the one not exception, I guess, but not, the one book that I would really recommend mm-hmm. if you are wanting to get the most out of the Bible is reading the Bible for all it's worth, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it teaches you how to read the Bible. And something I I want to talk to my church about is you know, biblical literacy yeah, and how are we going to teach our people to get into the book themselves? Mm -hmm. And because I think that's just so important. If we're going to follow God, we need to follow his word yeah, and know his word. Did you ever see that? um, It was viral. I think I saw it on Instagram, but it was a TikTok where it was this interview. And they were like, are you a Christian? And this girl's like, yeah. <laughs> and do you believe in the Bible? And she's like, no. It's like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the place people can get it. Yeah. And, and just because I think that it comes across as, can come across as something that's judgmental or um, hurtful to people mm-hmm. outside of context. Mm-hmm. Like if you just hear what culture says about the Bible, mm-hmm. then you might think, oh, they hate gays. Oh, they hate this. Oh, mm-hmm. they hate that. But it's like, if you actually read the Bible, <laughs> there's a lot more complexity and depth to it mm-hmm. than any of that stuff. And when you really think about it, like it becomes like if there was a person on the street that was like, hey, you should follow 
my list of rules that I have. And he had a sheet of paper that had these lists of rules. And he was like, this is what I base my life around. This is how I live. And then someone was like, okay, like, what are your rules? And he's like, well, I haven't read them. They're kind of long. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a moron. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but like, how often do we, like, so many Christians I know out there, like, they haven't actually even read the Bible for themselves, like, through. I know. And so I just, yeah, it's. Well, in today's. It's a challenge I give to the listeners at home. I, in today's world. There's not much of an excuse because you can listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a version I uh, – there's like Samuel Jackson's reading a psalm or something. It's like mm-hmm. – I mean, AI voices have got to yeah. have something. we got a Morgan Freeman version <laughs> at this point. Right? Come on. <laughs> but like you can get in your Bible app and it will just read it to you. Yeah. Um, which has its pros and cons too. Yeah. I'd, but it's better than not reading it and not hearing it. Yeah. Uh, there's the streetlights that mm-hmm. I brought up, I think, before, mm-hmm. and it just has a beat and it reads you scripture. Mm-hmm. I love listening to that because it helps recenter my day and stuff. But and once you start to understand like some of the context and things, and like you understand how to read the Bible, mm-hmm. um, like it truly opens up. And like the Bible is not boring. Like no. ninety, <laughs> it's got to be even higher. Like almost a hundred percent of media and different entertainment and stuff is based on like a simple concept like the hero's journey that is laid out within the bible like yeah. so, so many stories i think jr R. tolkien who wrote the lord of the rings once yep. said every good story points to the one true story and like true you read the bible and like david and goliath and like good judges and like there's there's lions there's you know tigers there's bears <laughs> oh my <laughs> well, <it's tigers. laughs> uh, but anyways as you yeah. as you read the bible you will have this in step with the spirit mm-hmm. feeling that you can get and from that you can feel convicted by the spirit of knowing what is what to do with your own life even you yeah. know how to live your life like are you convicted to live in such a way mm-hmm. and as you go out there, as you love the people around you, you can be even be convicted to share a message that is hard to share. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you share hard truths mm-hmm. with people out of love? Well, partnering with the Spirit, convicted by the Spirit, sharing the truth in love. Yeah. And not, not, um, not to say anything negative against that person, but to say, hey, I see this as harmful to you mm-hmm. and I want you to live free in yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is leading to you not living free. That is living to you being a prisoner of that. Mm-hmm. And I think like we understand, like all people understand this on like some core level, of, you know, if you're trying to get good at a sport or you want to be a good writer or different things like, and someone comes along and says, like, hey, like, if you tucked your elbow in a little bit here, or you, um, you know, had a, a better starting paragraph or different things and, and brought you through that process, um, depending on, like, how they did it and if they were correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would think that, like, you wouldn't, hopefully, if you're wanting to actually truly get better at that thing. You wouldn't look at that as like, Oh my, like, what is this? Who does this person think they are? Well, also depending on how humble you are. Yeah. Um, but like, you're not going to make it in any sport. You're not going to make it in writing or any of those things without taking some type of criticism and learning to become better. And I mean, the same applies to our faith and our walk. Like if we're not, allowing other people to speak into our lives and tell us like you're wrong you're wrong and like you could be doing better or different things like that then like how are we ever going to become better and the same goes as is you know like when i was on a sports team and i became like an older guy on the team 
or even when I coached uh, a basketball team, like I, I didn't like for the sake of the people that are under you, like I'm not going to sit there and, and watch somebody make a mistake and not say anything. Right. Like they want to get better. There were kids that would say like, they would come up to me after practice and they would say, coach, like, what can I do to get better? And, and like, those are the kids you want. Yeah. And so like, as a follower of Christ too, like if you see other believers, like I think sometimes we're so afraid to tell people, but if we're coming out with a true heart of humility and we're like, that person wants to become a better Christian, then like you're doing them a disservice by not saying something. Yeah. Well, it's just being scared. Mm -hmm. And heck, I've been there. I know. It, it, it's hard to share those truths, even if people are asking for it. Yeah. Because you're thinking, are they going to actually want to hear this after I say it? You yeah. Know? And I think if you say it with the right heart and the right posture, mm -hmm. fair game, you know. Yeah. And so and you have to be okay with like people not receiving that message. Yeah. You know, because it's you, not it, it's not an indication of who you are. Yeah, it, that's that's what it gets me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, we all have our blocks and hindrances, but uh, sometimes you're you're just like, oh man, they don't like me, and like, no, I need to separate myself from that. Like, I'm yeah. telling them the truth, mm -hmm. and if it doesn't sit well, well, that's that's on them in mm -hmm. a way. And if I need to, if I did it in a wrong way, I can need to re repent about that. Yeah, but and check my own heart but mm -hmm. if i am honestly sharing from a good place and god honoring place trying to sharpen them mm -hmm. and love them it's like okay good. yeah and it, and if they don't receive that then that's between them and god yeah and their own hearts and we're not called to judge you know their hearts but we can judge their actions and we can you know, we can say like, hey, like I brought this up and Jesus lays out kind of this formula for how that works in Matthew 18. It says, you yeah, know, if if one of you sins against another, or you have a dispute between uh, two two people like go to that person and talk about that issue and resolve it. And if, if you call them out and they won't listen to you and they won't do anything, then he says, bring someone else along, let them mediate, let them be there. And then if that person still continues to do that, bring it to the church as a whole. And then um, if they continue, like, this is something that we don't always talk about is Jesus says, treat them as you would uh, a Gentile. Like, don't associate with them. Which, If people aren't willing to get better and be a part of this process, then, like, we don't want them. Yeah. And that's, like, that doesn't come from a place of, like, hate or... You know, that, that sounds harsh, but like when you go through the process, this person had plenty of time to get, to get better and they chose, they made the decision not to. And so it, it would be the same as I know we're applying it to text message. <laughs> I know we're applying it to coaching a lot. Um, but like if you're coaching a team and you tell one of the players a way that they could get better or they needed to improve and they choose not to do it and you keep telling them eventually you're going to say hey you're on the bench or even you're off the team yeah and that doesn't come from like i, I hate that guy but like, <laughs> <laughs> um that guy <laughs> but if they're not willing to get better then like your team's trying to win you're trying to accomplish a mission and Building God's kingdom is no easy task, and if people aren't on board for doing that, then they need to uh, to move somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. I mean, in that same conversation, that doesn't give you the right to just go up and be like, you're doing this, you're doing that. Mm -hmm. It's like, take the log out of your own eye. Mm -hmm. Come come with a clean heart yourself. Yeah. And And understand like you have your own issues yeah and, and that's that's kind of what that log mm -hmm. in your own eye saying that jesus brings in is all about it's like make sure you are right with god before you're ready to go and point something out 
somebody else and you're not just judging everybody all yeah. the time. And I think sometimes what can deter people from bringing up things like that with others is they're afraid of what they're going to bring up in return. Yeah. And I think like that's why in the times where my heart has been in a good place and I've gone to somebody and, and said like, hey, I don't agree with what you're doing. Like, I think you should change. I'm fully prepared in that moment. People are, are just people are just naturally defensive. I'm defensive. Yeah. For them to say, well, I don't think you're doing this. And I can say, you know what? You're right. Maybe you're right. I'll I'll own that piece. And when you can do that in front of them, then that says, but it still doesn't change the fact that you are, are <laughs> also doing this too. And so like, I, yeah, let's both call each other out and let's both sharpen each other. But I don't think we should ever be afraid of what they're, yeah. They're, well, they're just going to say all of my problems. If they do, great. Yeah. Like you have the opportunity to then grow to grow yourself and if they choose not to grow then that's on them but i agree i agree love people speak god's truth and love trust god to bring the justice kind of kind of brings our heart in the right posture yeah it's like okay i'm gonna trust that god is putting this position to do this mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it in love I'm going to trust him with the result. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to make their choice. I'm going to make my choice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust God through it. That's a choice. Um, anything else to add, man? I, I, I think sometimes we put our own pride in things. And I, I think you brought this up earlier of just like, if they reject what I'm saying, if I give them any criticism or anything, then like that's a rejection of me. And it's, it's not sometimes we're just called to speak the truth. I mean, how many prophets out there, if you look through the stories of the Old Testament, spoke and spoke the truth, God's word to the people, and the people not only rejected the message, but they mocked the prophets, they beat them, they did all of these things. Yeah. And like sometimes like that truth is just not going to be received. And that's not a reflection of who you are. Um when you're speaking the truth out of a genuine heart, that's just, that's what we're called to do sometimes. And it's not up to us to change hearts. Um, that's up to the Holy Spirit and the person being open to receiving that. Amen. Preach it. I think uh, next episode, we'll talk a lot more about biblical literacy, making sure we're reading the Bible. Yeah. Knowing how to read the Bible. How to read it well. Uh, understanding context and cultural context um and i think we'll talk a little bit about pursuing the pursuit of christ daily yeah um and you know what we might talk about more because we always end up talking <laughs> about more grant and i get together we don't talk oh no doubt no doubt about it uh have you played 2k recently uh i haven't the new one's supposed to come out in september right yeah uh i've recently made a team and they're stacked, so whatever <laughs> is what it is. Had to get. A I would two, expect nothing less. Had to get a two K <laughs> reference in there somewhere. Um, I don't buy Madden anymore. Do you buy Madden? No, uh, Madden's just that. That's a they they take the same game. I'm convinced they take the same game disc, and they just make a new label. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They renamed the players and then they... Dude, uh, I saw this thing. It was like head side by side of the same player from one year to the next year. And I... It almost looked like the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, they look, gotta look, be look copying. at these graphics. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's the same thing. Yeah. There's been a lot of clips recently of Madden 24, like the, the bugs and the different things. Yeah. Just ridiculous stuff happening. My favorite bug ever from Madden was when they had that tiny tiny linebacker yeah that was so funny it was like what 2016 or something yeah you just destroy somebody <laughs> he just destroyed this little and you get you can't you're like what just happened yeah <laughs> it's like a mouse running around the field <laughs> yeah dude I, I don't think the graphics have really improved that much since like 11 no no they really haven't they yeah. gotta they gotta get their their acting <laughs> in gear. 
what I'm really looking forward to is a college football game and a college basketball game. Yeah. 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 Well, are you sure? <laughs> college smallage is what I say. Yeah. We can't all be awesome. <laughs> Good deal. Well, if that's it. Thank you for joining us on our podcast and we will see you. Actually, we probably will never see you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll, you'll hear our voices in the future. <laughs> Bibbidi-boppidi-boo, as they say. Bibbidi-boppidi, give me the zoppidi. <laughs>